like your jacket. Yeah, th- hey, I got it at TJ Maxx last year for like eighteen bucks. I was going to a a Christmas party, and I was, and you know, you had to wear an ugly Christmas sweater. And I was like, well, I don't want to just be basic and get like a normal ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> so I go to TJ Maxx, and this gym is just sitting there waiting for me to buy it. And I saw it, and I'm like, well, it's kind of a jacket, and it's got a hood yeah. on it and a zipper and these little things. So I, I said, I-, I have to get that, and I can wear it, you know, a lot. So especially around I mean, Christmas time. Honestly, that's unbelievable that you only got that for $18. I wouldn't just wear that around Christmas time. I think I'd wear that for Halloween. I think yeah, I'd wear it I mean, something for, like that. And then, then I think I'd just start putting it into my everyday attire. And then eventually, well. like, hey, like that's just Ace's normal jacket or Nate's yeah. normal jacket. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, well, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, we'll start this off real quick. Welcome to the uh, Mind of a Coach podcast. This is episode 16. Uh, my man, Nate, how you doing, sir? You know, living the dream. I'm in Akron. I'm getting like one of my first white Christmases. So, oh, uh, okay. yeah. So happy holidays to everybody out there. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys are enjoying. It's uh, it's snowing up there. It is snowing. You okay. know, I'm not used to that. So yeah, yeah. We, Last year I got snow. a little bit of it though. I think I've had. I think we've had like one. one. I think before college there was like one white Christmas that we had. One. I can only recall one because that was the year that my parents decided to get me a snowball. Like. One of those things where it like crunches the snowball and makes a perfect snowball and you really? like throw it like it's like a little like plastic thing and you like throw yeah. it and my parents just got me it that year and it just happened to snow it was wow perfect timing i guess did you, did you hit anybody with your snowballs probably not no probably not i tried probably i wish we had some snow it's super cold we need to have snow at rain last night but you know obviously it's it's the south in nashville so snow is off the table for christmas yeah it'll probably rain and then ice <laughs> Yeah, um, that's probably what will happen. Yo, real quick, tell us about the uh, tell us about the weekend. Y'all had a uh, y'all had a good game this past weekend. Uh, it, yeah, our guys are our guys are playing a lot harder. Um, not harder, but like just now nah, they're playing harder. And uh, you know, when you play hard, good things happen. And yeah. so the guys got to see that. Got to see that they can compete with a Division One team, even as a Division Two school. Um, basketball is basketball at the end of the day. And so every single person's got to strap on their shoes the same way, tie them up and, you know, get out on the court and play. And no one just gets freebies. So yeah, it, it would have been nice to steal one from uh, ETSU, but yeah. credit to them. They, they, uh, when they could have folded because uh, inferior by quotes yeah. opponent came in, um, they didn't and they were able to hold through, but yeah, man, yeah. really proud of our guys. Yeah, dude, I I I thought y'all uh, I thought y'all played really good. I thought y'all played really really good. Um, I, I got to watch it. some of it, so I, th- I thought it was good. Um, really, all right, everybody. We really want to just come on and talk real quick. Uh, we have the second part of our interview with Mario Moore coming up this podcast. Um, we just wanted to get on here, tell uh, tell everybody Merry Christmas. Um, hope y'all have a happy holidays. Get enjoy some time with your family. Relax a little bit. Kick back. Don't stress out. Um, everything's gonna be okay. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in. 2020 has been. Uh, Obviously, it's it's been different, but it hasn't been all bad, Nate. It really hasn't. Um, no, I mean, who would have known back... that the Mind of a Coach podcast was going to be started? And yeah, I mean, so exactly. Uh, it's been fun, dude. It's been fun. Twenty twenty is actually, uh, it's been a blast. It, it really has. It's been a blast. It's been a pleasure to do this with you. Um, and again, everybody that's out there listening, we appreciate it. Um, we can't thank you enough. Just tell somebody if you like it. Tell somebody. You know what I always say, Nate. If you love it, tell your family and friends. If you hate it, tell everybody. Absolutely. We just want people to listen, and hopefully, we can teach somebody something, uh, even if something small along the way. Um, but we appreciate y'all uh, for being a part of this journey yeah. with us. I know it's been fun for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to go off what Asa just said, um, please, uh, if 
your funniest Christmas story. I know this has nothing to do with basketball, but we are very interested. Um, leave it in the comments below. Hit us up with it. We, we want to know your funniest family event that happened over Christmas or whatever happened on Christmas. Funniest moment that has happened. Please. Absolutely. We would love that. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into this uh, part two, episode 16 with Mario Moore. And I, 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 can, I can, three might be my favorite, Asa. Might be my favorite, Mario, because, I mean, we've heard, I, how many coaches have, we, have come on here and said build relationships? I mean, obviously yeah. our first guest, uh, Coach Rutiliano, he said it, but we've had time and time again build relationships. And, and I'll say it to, to the day I die. I mean, the people that the moments that I remember are when Coach Eastrom helped me out in a tough convert or in a tough moment in my life. When Coach Coach R and Steve, Coach Draven helped me out in a tough moment. When not honestly, not 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 that I didn't love playing for Casey because Casey was honestly the best X's and O's coach, and he's helped me so much to this day. Mm -hmm. But like some of the conversations that I've had after playing with him yeah. have been phenomenal, and it's just it, it it's. It's so important for us as coaches, I think right now, and I don't have it all figured out, but as coaches right now to understand that. I certainly do not have it all figured I, yeah, out. Yeah, we, we certainly do not. That's why we have you and on that's, the oh, that's the beauty of it, though. It's okay. It's, it's, okay, okay. To it's, it's okay to yeah. acknowledge that, too. Like, right? And, 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 and for any basketball player, any person in life, like, don't look left, don't look right, keep your blinders on, go straight. I think everybody – in the age of social media, in the age of like, in the spirit of competition, you look left, you look right, and you say, man, this person got a coaching job and I can, I'm smarter than him. And this guy got a scholarship and I'm better than him. I just gave him 30 last week. And it's just like, mm -hmm. stay right here. Yeah. Stay focused. What's the, uh, what's yeah. the saying? Com comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, it is. Enjoy, man. You got to run your own race. Yeah. You got to run your own race. You got to know your time is coming. You know, what's meant for you will be, mm -hmm. will be for you, but you got to run your own race. I think so many kids get caught up in like, you know, worrying about all the stuff they can't control instead of controlling what you can control. Yeah. Control what you can control. Keep your blinders on. Work hard every single day. And I guarantee you there will be a good result that comes out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going off relationships again. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. What were you saying? No, you good. Go ahead. I, I, I'm just coming from relationships again. It's just funny because, I mean, I spent five years with my coaches. Most of my coaches. Coach Evans, I had one year. Coach, uh, I mean, Coach Adam Jones, I had for two. Um, but, I mean, the majority, Coach uh, Adam Nottaboom, Coach Adam Nottaboom, I had him, I guess, for three. But for the most part, my coaches were there for four or five years. And the things that I remember have nothing to do with basketball. I mean, honestly, it means more to me to not talk to coach Alexander about basketball, but the fact that he sent me a happy birthday text. Yeah. I mean, like it's the, it's, it's like, it's, it's cool, man. It's like, I, I can't, I can't tell you like, yeah, we'll get to talk about basketball, but like a lot of times, like, I don't mention basketball. Like I don't talk about yes. basketball as That's, much. It's as really cool. It's really cool when you're done to see like that side of of, of the coach that you can't really see mm -hmm. as a player. Yeah, because you think you like, man, why is this guy so hard on me? Why is this guy? Right. This and especially now being a coach, because some of it makes sense, and you're like, oh, oh, all right, like that. that yeah, makes and Asa, not and to go off that now, it's just, and now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just saying now, like, you know, with our former coaches now, Nate, you and I are in the same profession as them. Right. So it's like, yeah. now we have a whole nother level that we can go to. Yes. And it's, and it's, I think it's so valuable to reflect on it too. 
to look at it. Okay. This was my view at the time looking back on it. It's like, I probably should have had some more grace during that moment because I mean, one thing that I absolutely love that we did at Lipscomb under coach Alexander is that we got to know every single person. Like, so he made us take a test Mario of every single person on the team's name, where they came from city and state and their siblings and parents. Now, that, now, at the time, it's like, dude, why do we have to do this, maybe? Yeah, it was but, like, are you kidding me? Like, I know where all my teammates are from. I know so much more about my team. I can ask questions to them or questions about them, like their life. Like, it, it, yeah. it, and now, at times, like, you don't want to have to force people to love somebody. But if you can make somebody care even a little more by putting them in situations to – I mean, I, th- I thought it was one of the best practices that we did, honestly. And think, yeah. and think about it. Think about it in, in the climate we're in right now in this, in this world, in this country. Think about it. What is the one thing that's just like, man, like, you know, everybody comes together and they watch and they watch sports. Mm-hmm. Different races, different. Yeah. It's such it's a, a it's life. It's the biggest unifier in the It's a unifier and it's such a life teacher, right? And so, like basketball brings you to know somebody that you never would have like come across and like now you you friends with this guy from this neighborhood right that like you you didn't come from but now you understand a different world and it gives you more perspective on the world when you're dealing with somebody now that you're coaching right so now you can you can talk to that guy and say hey man i may not understand everything but you know i have friends and i have people that or close in my circle that I deal with that, you know, have been through the same thing. Yeah. You know I mean? And I'm here to, I'm here to love and help and yes. understand, you know what I mean? Yes. And so yes. once you get into that realm and you start tapping into to that. I mean, my, my, my biggest example would be the fact that I got to room with Asan my fifth year. And Asan is not one that talks a lot to a lot of people. Now he does talk to people. I I've heard him on the phone plenty. You were Asan was in that roommate your fifth year. He he, he was he was, he was my roommate on road trips. Oh okay okay okay. Every single road trip I roomed with Asan, and I I'm so glad that I got put with Asan because like he, he, I love that kid to death. I mean I, I love Asan yeah. to death. I mean I, I he's my little big brother. That that's that that's uh, the way I look at him. But he. I mean, I, but, Go ahead. Yeah, I remember one time in high school, we were uh, actually, we were talking me and a friend were talking about James McPherson. And I was, I was like taking James out to lunch one time. I just wanted to talk to him, pick his brains a little bit, see where his head was at. And uh, my friend made a comment like, you know, well, you wouldn't care about him if it, you know, if it weren't, you wouldn't care about him if it wasn't for basketball. And I'm like, it kind of came off weird. And I was like, yeah, but there's so many people that, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't care about if it wasn't for basketball. He said it in a negative light, but to me, it was a positive. It's like, yeah, you were saying so because many, of basketball, I yeah, get because to care of about basketball, him and know I, I care about this kid. I care about so many people. That I, I, I get to, I get to bridge the gap. I get, yeah. to, I get to get to know somebody that probably in a million years, I would probably never talk to. I would see yeah. him on the street. I pass him and I keep going. Yeah. yeah. Like a son, like, so I didn't, I didn't know about his brother, Marcus, and I would never have known about his brother, Marcus, because Asan, Asa, you know, he's, he's not one that's going to talk yeah. much. Yeah. And the fact that we got to do that little quiz, I got to know about his brother, Marcus. I got to know about his mom and dad and his sisters. Like I, like, and these are things that I wouldn't have got to know about. And it's not like when I, I know I can talk a bunch and like I'm talking now, but like when we were rooming together, we, I loved his company. I loved his company. We would talk, we would laugh for a little bit. And then we would just do our own thing. And it was so comfortable. It's like, you know, like when you're married or when you're in a relationship, 
you're I don't know you're sitting okay well maybe 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 (laughs) okay so when you're when you're in these relationships it's the moments where you can just be with somebody that's the comfortable the comfortableness around it and i'm not saying asan like asan and i were together what i'm saying is is that like it's that comfortableness you know what i'm saying like me and my wife if i'm just in the presence of my wife i am having a great day i'm having a great day just she's right beside me i feel comfortable if I was and I was in the presence with Hassan, it was just like, man, like we're we're brothers, like this is fun. Like I honestly I'd rather be in this room not talking to you right now than by myself not doing anything or nah. doing whatever. I, you know I, what I mean? completely understand. It's important to get to know people, man. If I can if I can ever say anything about teams, the, the teams that ex, exceed expectation um are the teams that really tap in and get to know each other and they un- they're friends, you know what I mean? They're friends on and off the court. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, so this is what you just said, friends. I mean, one, one thing that was so funny about my fifth year is how serious the, or how unserious the serious was. And when, when I, when I say that, I, I'm, I'm going to try to explain it and make sense of it. When I say how unserious the seriousness was is, we were so bought in and locked into winning games and playing for each other and loving each other that when we got out and did layup lines with 50 minutes left to go before a game, like, you know, that first moment when you go out and you go back in a lot, or we, we like had like 10 minutes of just shooting around and then we started our stretching and everything. Yeah. We literally for five or 10 minutes, Mario, we, we called them like, it was basically like a goofy line. Like we would get in two lines, layup lines, and we would try to do, the dumbest, stupidest stuff, and I know stupidest is not a word, the most stupid stuff that we could do. So, like, like somebody, break the ice. Yeah, break somebody the ice. would be upset if you just did something normal. Like, if you just did a right-handed layup in our layup lines with 50 minutes to go, it's like, no, that, that's not our cold. Like, that's not who we are. Like, we love each other. We have fun with each other. We're going to keep doing this. All right, do a 360 from the free throw line and don't touch rim. <laughs> but see, but see, that's what. But like, if you watch now, like if you watch the Lakers and you watch the Warriors and you watch them do like the yes ball stuff and uh, yeah, you know Steph Curry does the golf stuff and it's just like you know those types of things is like icebreakers. You know, we're here yes. for business, but you know, and you can't have too you much. Have, you can't you have too have much fun though. But, but you, you have gotta, to because basketball is a fun sport to have fun. Good teams that win have fun. I, yes. I can't think of a team ever in history um that i seen that was just all business there you know there I mean? there's like when you pros it's a little different because you paid to do that and you know but like but even even then the teams that rise to the top of the teams that really enjoy each other's company. yeah i mean you even look at the spurs i mean you would think craig bob greg popovich is the perfect example of all business all the time he is messing around all the time like when he fouled we needed the hack a shack one minute yeah. or 30 seconds, 15 seconds into the first game of the season. When Manu Ginobili is over there, or it was Tony Parker that put a cup under Tim Duncan's butt or something like that. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? Like, they're messing with each other. Now, they're not going to capture all of it, but, like, they're still doing it. They're having fun. They're loose. And that's why they're succeeding at such a high level. Yeah, it's, it's, it's big, man. At least You got to have fun and, you know, anything you do, coaching, playing, um, you know, coaching staff got to have a good time together. You know, um, have that. That's a, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, you got you got to have you got to trust the guy who's doing the scout report. Who got the scout report this night? You got to trust 
Um, you know that I mean, everything else, you gotta trust the guy to book the hotel rooms and yeah, food down time. Like everybody has a part to do, right? No matter how where you feel like you should be, do your part. Bring what you bring to the table so that this 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 works for everybody. Yeah, except your role, be an all star at your role. We've heard yeah, that. You know, yeah. and and you know. To quote the, the the bars of Joe Budden, he said, uh, "No matter who you are, the right system can turn a role player into a superstar." Yeah. And that like always has stuck with me. It's just like you're right. Like you know, the right system can. Joey uh, B, baby, first time Joey B's getting a shout that, out on the podcast. That, I, I gotta be honest. Is that does that need to be our quote for Mario on this one? The yeah. right, the right system to turn a role play into a superstar. Or do I have to put Joe Budden? Because you, you got, you got to do the Michael Scott thing. You know, remember that? Like you got, you have to do uh, Joe Budden and then like Mario Moore. <laughs> Cross it out and put Mario. <laughs> no, but I, I, it's so important, man. Like you know, I think if you accept your role and you're really good at your role, good things happen sayings as a coach that I really liked and I want you to elaborate on them. Uh, the first one uh, you always said a lot, you said mental is, you said mental is to physical as four is to one. And then the second one you had was uh, when opportunity knocks, most people are in the backyard looking for four leaf clovers. Mm-hmm. It, elaborate on those two, on those a little bit. Cause those, those, those were something that, you know, stuck with me along the way. And I, I think, I think there's a lot of truth to those, uh, to those two sayings right there. So elaborate on those. We always had thought of, thoughts of the day before practice. Um, Teamwork makes the dream work. Not that one. To, you know, so it was just like with four mental is the physical is for the one um, is everybody, everybody thinks that basketball is just this physical, you know, up and down game, but you know, the really, good players, the really good teams are well coached and they're mentally prepared, meaning they, they're locked into a scouting report. Um, they they know every play that is, you know, a play of their calling. They know every tendency of a, of a player, right? And then, but the other side of that is mentally what it takes to be a, a student athlete, mm-hmm. right? You got class, you got all of this weights, you got practice you know just to get to a game you have um being hurt you have playing you remember i used to tell you is the difference between being hurt and being injured yeah 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 so that all of these mental things you have to prepare yourself because it's a long season it's a grind and once you think of everything that you have to do to get to game day mm-hmm. you're usually mentally exhausted right? To, mm-hmm. to, to get to a Wednesday night game, to get to a Saturday night game. I used to have labs on Wednesday night and we'd have SEC games. I had a lab. So I'm running from my lab to the game. Missed my pre, pre-game meal and had it boxed up. All, so all of these things, you know, just you have to mentally prepare yourself. And the, the mental aspect is so much more important than the physical aspect, in my opinion. Yeah, you can, you know, and it goes to show, and I and I don't mean this in any way of disrespect, but when coach you would you would go and watch, hey man, there was nobody in the world that thought y'all were gonna win that game at the state. Nobody yeah. in the world. They was like, man, ain't no way these white boys about to come in here and, and, and beat black men, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Y'all were mentally prepared. Yeah. Y'all coach was mentally prepared. Yep. And the, the more mental mentally prepared team won. Yeah. Y'all executed and you won. That yeah. means so much. Like I can't, I can't explain it. Like if you're not mentally prepared for the moment, yes, it, it'll it'll be a disaster. Gosh, yeah. I hope I don't interrupt, Asa. Go ahead. 
or Mario, you hit, uh, you were talking about mental, mentally being prepared and you said one word and it's going to get me off. It's going to, it's going to get me off tangent real quick. You said execution. Golly. I mean, did, I mean, it takes, it takes a hundred percent execution to pull off a win like that. Doesn't it? It, it to ex- execution, man, is so important. Like I, I was watching uh, um, a, a women's college basketball game yesterday. Like, so I went to UTA's basketball game yesterday because mm-hmm. um, my former um, colleague, D. D. Davis, D. Davis, D Davis, who was at Tennessee State, is now coaching yeah. UTA. So yeah. I went to the game yesterday, and I'm just like, she's awesome, by the way. I, she's awesome. This is I'm sitting over. I'm sitting in the game, and this is like. This is where I fix my basketball itches now. So I'm like sitting over there coaching on the sideline. I'm like, ah, that was a terrible drag screen. <laughs> you know, like I'm like doing stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, I'm seeing somebody help on the backside. I'm like, skip the skip the ball. Yes. You know what I mean? But yes. like, it's just the small things. Like they were playing a team that they should have beat handily. Um, and they struggled for a little bit. But, and it was only because they were not executing. Like the coach would call yeah. a play. And, you know, you you – a second late, uh, inch off where you're supposed to set the screen. Some you don't, you know, pin down at the right time. Like it messes up everything. Execution is execution is important. You know, execution is important with your game plan as a coach. How you deliver that message to the team. Execution mm-hmm. is important for the point guard. You know, your defensive scheme. You got to execute. Let, let, uh, let me let me stop you real quick. And let me a little quick tangent too for me as well. Uh, it, a lot of these kids, speaking of mental toughness and execution, they how they coincide and, and correlate together. A lot of these kids, I feel like, have a skewed ver- a skewed view of what toughness is, right? Everybody, every every kid is like, oh well, he mm. says something about mm. so and so, I gotta step to him, right? Yep. Something like that. But they don't understand that execute you executing your assignment is 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 tough. That is toughness. Not letting a guy knock you out of your spot. Not you running your it's offense tough. despite what the deep that that is really what toughness yeah, is, at least it's in hard. college basketball. It's not, oh, I'm gonna be a man and I'm gonna, you know, or rah 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 this boxing out. toughness is being disciplined. Yes. Toughness is boxing out. Boxing uh, out. It's it's not it's it's thinking and executing and, a play. Executing when a coach a play, calls that, a play, that's what, okay. That's what toughness last is. Last play of the half. We don't have any. We we don't want to burn a timeout right here. We're gonna execute this play in order to go into half and have some momentum going into half. Did but you watch a play? Because who lost the other day? It was a top ten game, um, or a top ten team got upset, but it was like a free throw box out at the end of the game, and the guy just taps it in for the win. I forget who it was. Oh, oh it was. Um, hang on. I, I hang. I can pull it up. Um, the reason I'm the reason I'm saying this is is like. Gosh, who was it? The reason I'm saying this is, is like that kid got whooped so bad on that free throw box out. Yeah, just and, bring it to him. And I just remember going, I just remember being in film and coaches like, do you think this is tough? And he just put it, freeze the screen. Do you think this is tough? You know? Yeah. Do you think your first two steps were tough? I'm like, what do you mean your first two steps? Do you think these first two steps are you really getting back on, on defense? Yeah. You really think this is the effort that's going to win us a game? Yeah. Do you really think that, you know, um, you not fighting through the screen, like those are the tough things. Yeah. Fighting through a screen, boxing out, being in help side, mm-hmm. taking the charge, yes. making the extra pass, making, you know, that those things are, are, yeah. are toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks, you know, then you also have your it physicality. It was Wisconsin and Marquette, so, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, and so you're talking about a lot of physical toughness right now. Like, this is what your body is. I mean, Buddy just literally, I'm watching the video right now. Buddy just literally got shoved underneath the rim. And we're we're talking about a lot of physical toughness. But I want to ask you, what about mental toughness? What about when you're asked to do a play? What about when a coach comes at you hard like we talked about? How are you going to respond if you're a leader on your team? How are you going to respond? Okay, yeah, guys, that's my fault. Like, let me take accountability for that. That's really hard to do because your natural instinct is to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to draw back within myself instead of, okay, you're right. I got to get into my teammates right now. Like I, I'm messed up. Shut down. Like, who is he talking to? Like, why are you trying to watching film being like, Oh, I messed up here. My coach corrected me and being like, nah, like whatever. Or like being like, like, I'm not going to listen to that. It's you're right. I got to be better in order for our team to be better. Yeah, that's so really hard to do. That's really that, hard to do, but that is toughness. It, that Yeah, that mental toughness of like being able to hear a message, hear a message and then go back out and execute what yes. somebody just told you, right? Because it's not always going to be like, hey, Nate, you know, make sure you're coming off. It's like, get off the screen. Yeah, you know, the back, message like, is this, it's okay. but he's just saying, I need you to get off the screen. Yes. I need you to stop hugging your man, get in help side, whatever it is. And like, mm-hmm. you know that you have to, do that small thing to make this puzzle work yeah. to make this, make this, this, this car, this well oiled machine run. You have to do your part and again, mentally being locked in to a scouting report, mm-hmm. mentally, mentally being, um, being responsible to go to bed the night before the game, putting wow, the right yes. things in your, putting the right things in your body, right? That the day of, the, all the time, mm-hmm. yes. all of these things, you know, you think you're a college athlete, you can go do whatever you want and, party on the weekends but the the real guys who are there for 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 what it's worth uh-huh. they take I mean, it you everybody. Go a step further and you could put it in you could kind of concise it make it concise and put it into one word and that's just discipline right discipline you got to be disciplined man this and discipline is tough, tough. <laughs> it's tough yes. because you want to do what you want to do and like yes, you whenever know, you want to do it yeah, there's a there's a great quote from the movie The Great Debaters, and it says, I, I I've I mean since the time I first saw it back in 2008, I, I, this quote has lingered with me forever. It's we do we do what we have to do to do what we want to do, mm-hmm. and I think that is I think that is spot on for you know really in any profession. Asa, I mean, I'm gonna start Asa. I'm as long as as well as doing a quote for uh, Mario that we do every week or that we do for our guests, or we try to do for our guests every week. I'm going to have to start doing a quote for you because, I mean, that's two weeks in a row, Asa. You said last, he, last week, Mario, he said we have to minimize the I have to scores and maximize the we have to scores. Or we, my we, shots. We got we to gotta minimize the I got to score shots, and we have to maximize the we got to score shots. I mean, that's phenomenal. Big, yeah, that's a big fact. And you have to Nathan, know. I'm a quote factory, by the way. I don't know if you know that. There's you have there. to. Hey. I'm a you have to, and you have to know who does what well, right? You exactly. have to know as a player, as a coach, who, who, who am I putting in what position? You know, like, all right, maybe they're not going to thrive in this position, and this is why I'm not getting the best out of this person. Where can I? So I have to step back and say, okay, where can I use this player effectively? We had a kid named a shorter named Trevor mm-hmm. that could flat out ball, right? Could yeah, flat out who? play. But if you called a play and you were like, this and this, this and this, like my mind works like that. Okay, once the play breaks down, we're going into this, right? 
but he could not do that. And so we all came to an agreement, but he was too talented not to play. Yeah. So we all came into agreement when he came into the game. Hey, these are the three plays he knows. We're going to work with this. We're going <laughs> to five out and let him play for this four, three to four minute spurt. Yeah. Because he's going to get me three or four buckets. Yeah. Right. Wow. And then I'm going to pull him. And then we go back to what we do. But like, those were the things we knew. Like, okay, how do I maximize this guy over here? That's unique. That's unique. I really like that. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, because sometimes you have those kids, especially like in Division Two, and sometimes Division One, like you got a guy that can hoop, right? Mm-hmm. But he can't play in a system because he can't he can't run plays. He can't remember plays. Right. He's not great at execution, but he's a bucket. So you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. I got to get this kid some buckets. I need some buckets right now. So you just got to you gotta take the straps off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's what I mean about being able to adjust to the player, the kid, and who you have to, in order to be successful, right? Yeah. Now, now yeah. let's say that kid may not fit a Lenny Acuff system, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But he could fit a system where some guys get up and down. He could maybe play at Murray State. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He could go yeah. play at Murray State, and it's a guy that's, that's a wild card. We all have those players on our team that's a wild card, you know? Yeah. You know, that roller coaster kid, like, is up one minute, down one minute, and you never know what you're going to get from him. Yeah. But, you know, I think you got to be creative in those situations. That's another thing. It's important tangent. But Coach Dollars always used to tell me, don't get too high, don't yeah. get too low. And my freshman year, I used to be like, he used to be like, man, you're just like, he was like, when you're really good, you're here. And when you're really bad, you're here. He said, I need you to just stay right here. What what no. what ho what ho say? He said uh he said uh don't get too up, don't get too down, as long as you stay the same, it'll come back around. It'll come back around. So the whole thing is is like just stay in the middle. You know, he was like, When you have that great game, don't get up, don't be on cloud nine. Yeah. Stay right here. And when you have a bad game, don't kick yourself. Stay right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know? see that's hard for like people like you and I because we're we're pretty I'm if you're similar to me. We're emotional people. Very. <laughs> We're emotional people. So when when I had a great game, me on the other hand, I, yeah, I mean you're you're pretty you're pretty. I'd say you're pretty like even keel. Like you're. I think, you're I'm, very, I think I'm. I think I'm pretty chill and even keel. Yeah, but yeah. like so like Coach Alexander used to say, uh, used to be like, yeah, you're just moody. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not moody. And this and this is also like Coach Alexander did not say anything other than what he thought. It was just very clear. But you know why he's saying that? Because we are the same. You know why he's saying that? He's saying that because, like, man, you can take the A out the room when you come in here one day and you hide and then you got every you you hear mm-hmm. and everybody's ah rah 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 and then you come in the next day and you hear and like what the, what's wrong with him? Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it's and funny because my energy was probably pretty similar. It's honestly it was unfortunate because like my junior and senior year, I was in so much pain that I did not enjoy going to practice at all. And so it was really hard for me to talk. And it, and if I could go back, I would have tried to get outside of myself more and stop worrying about my pain and literally just been honest with coach and be like, Hey, I need out of this drill. They should have got you the vet treatment, man. They but, but, I, but see, here's my thing is coach Alexander. So my freshman year, I had just like, like, you know, being, you said it earlier in the podcast, the difference between being hurt and being injured. Mm-hmm. and I was hurt a lot my freshman year like just like injuries that you would sit out for in high school 
but coach Alexander's a really tough guy. I mean, that's just who he is. That's how he played. So that's how his coaching style reflects. And so like, whether my knee was hurting or something like that, I'd be like, man, I really feel like I shouldn't practice today, but he'd be like, like, I mean, that it's a team game. He'd be like, I need you to practice this. So like I had to toughen up. Go get get the training you need. Go get your ice. Exactly. Exactly. So I had to toughen up. So within the first two years I learned, okay, if I'm not in like, if I have not been doctor diagnosed something that I'm going to have to play. You got to go. Yo, you have to go. And so my junior year, I am struggling. I, Mario, I am struggling to walk. I, I, I much less play a basketball game. I'm struggling to walk when it comes to the end. My problem is, is I look at, or I look around the room and it is Cam Miller has a broken foot and torn shoulder. He's already had these diagnosed. They doctor approved. Garrison Matthews has a torn groin and broken hand. Doctor, doctor approved, both of them. Aaron Korn has a broken shin and he could possibly Kevin wear that thing at any moment, but he's still trying to play. Doctor approved. I mean, we got Josh Williams who's torn his ACL. Yeah, I just worn down. That was the year before, actually. Excuse me. But um, what I'm saying is we had six active guys without injury. Without injury. Mm -hmm. And so when I was was like – I remember one practice, we're practicing up in McQuitty, and I was – I mean, Ace, I couldn't move. I couldn't move. And I look over to the sideline, and I'm like, can one of you guys get me? And I look up look over and it's and there's no there's nobody to get you you know i'm like oh my gosh and i'm like just miserable so i literally and i think coach draven probably thought i was joking at the time i know he thought i was joking at the time so we're in the we're in the lunch room we're in the cafeteria and it's going in it's about to start the playoffs we're tied for first of the time with gulf coast so i guess we haven't played north florida yet because that was our kryptonite that year but we're tied with gulf coast for first place in the conference and I look at him. I say, if we went, if we end up winning the conference tournament and make the NCAA tournament, I will not play another year of basketball. And he goes, ha 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 ha. And thought I was joking. Cause like coach Drake is my boy. I was like, no coach, I'm being dead serious. Like my I'm done. I'm in, I'm in so much pain. Like I'm not enjoying this right now. I, I remember, and, and this is, this is just how like it was for me. I would be hurt or whatever. I rolled my ankle. I remember rolling my ankle. We were playing uh, the Harlem Globetrotters and uh, like exhibition. What? We played the Harlem Globetrotters. My first exhibition game was Harlem Globetrotters. At I'm Vandy? sorry. I, I just like I'm taken aback. At, at just, Vandy? Yeah, it was like, but it was like they ballers though. It was like they were actually hooping. They weren't messing around. It was a game. Like it was a, yeah, yeah. But well, I, I didn't. Up. I didn't know that was. I didn't. I've never That's, heard of that. Might be the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah like, I, you should have started off the podcast with that. But anyway, I digress. I rolled my ankle. Yeah. And I'm on the ground at half court in the game. Stallings walks out the half court and he stands over me and goes, "Ah, oh, you better be ready to practice tomorrow." And he got and he walked off. <laughs> okay, nothing. You better be ready to practice in the morning. And that's just how it was. So right. Yeah. So I, you know. I just learned to go to the training room. I had a, if I had a knickknack injury, go, go get it taken care of. Yeah. Tape up and get get to the other side. You know, be be yeah. healthy enough to um uh, go play. I mean, I broke. I mean, my finger, my finger <laughs> down here was broke. Yeah. Coach is like, uh, yeah, go wrap that up. He's like, Mike, pop it back in place. Wrap that up. We got practice the ball. I said, my coach, I can't even catch the ball. Are uh, you practicing all? You be ready to practice about them all outside. Yeah. And I'm that's practicing. another thing, too. I'll say, I'll say this. I, I'll yeah. brag on myself. I, outside of when I was actually injured, right, like, the, you know, yeah. the day that I got injured and then the day that I was cleared, I, I never missed – I don't think I ever missed a practice or a workout. 
I don't think, well, one time you were late for a morning workout. I remember that because you felt <laughs> terrible. But I mean, that happened to probably everyone in college. I did, over, I did oversleep. I know why, but I ain't gonna ask. So I ain't gonna ask. So no, <laughs> no, no, uh, no, 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 no. It, it wasn't. He, he was just, he just didn't honestly know because this, I, no, I knew my alarm didn't sophomore go year. Off. I swear my alarm. sophomore year. It was like sophomore, junior, it was sophomore year, but it was in the summer and my, I was, we had like a yes. 6 a.m. lift and, and we, we weren't camp. rooming and we, we weren't staying in the same place week. because you were back home or you were either at the, uh, a, uh, the apartment and I was back home. It was one of the yeah. two because I would have woken you up if it was. Yeah, like, I know. I know. And we, and I set my, I, I dude, Nate, I, I swear my alarm did not go off that day, but we have been working camps all week. And so I wake day. up. So here's how I, here's how I know, because I, I, so I wake up at like seven 30 just instinctively. And I'm like, Damn. Yeah, but you ain't got that alarm. See, you ain't had a fear of God in you, though. So you ain't had it, like, wake up. So I used to beat my alarm clock up because I knew what it was going to be if I saw it, right? So that like, was, you're right. That was the I, – I, so I did. That was the only time I ever missed. We had a 5 o'clock workout. That was the workout. only time, no. And yeah. we had a 5 o'clock workout. I, I'm not saying I was worth a damn as a player. But, I would rise but, up uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, Mario. I hear you. Up at 4.15. So here's my deal is I was – I would agree with Casey – that I was soft when I came in, not not mentally, not not necessarily physically, like trying to do the right thing. But when it came to injuries, I was soft when it came in. But by my junior year, like going back to what I was saying, is it was just so miserable. I I just, I, I mean, I still look back on it. I'm like, you I don't went know through how, some stuff, man. You went I don't know how stuff. I played. I, I I truly don't. And I and honestly, the more I look back on it, I was like, I was so close to coming back just for the my my senior year just coming back for the conference tournament and so i could be done because it was that much pain and not not just because i was going to be like oh that's because i'm done but be also because i was like i could probably help our team not really because i was honestly i could barely move at the time they everybody i guess thought i could at the time <laughs> that i could play but i was miserable and honestly i don't think i mean if you were in my doctor's meetings they told me i don't think you should i, mean, I don't think it'll kill you if you play one more year but i mean you you can that that's probably the max is you can play one more year i, I wouldn't told me i didn't have a hip replacement at 35 yeah nah yeah that, that's tough man so you know and it becomes a grind but again now the kids are different right so now you, yeah. you go to a trainer now they might say oh yeah he needed mm. he needed a day or two you know what i mean because they, they don't want to um overwork and exert these kids because now you're starting to hear like stuff that never would have came out of a camp or a, a college. Correct. And you're starting to hear all of this mistreatment of kids. And, you and, that's, never, we were and that's crazy to me because the way, like, I was, never. I'm not going to, even if, if, if my coach is tough on me, I'm not going to rat out my coach. Like, that's my, that's my guy. Like, now you're hearing, now they you're gave me an opportunity, you know? Now you're hearing a lot of stuff. I'm telling you, these kids are different. So now you hear, Oh, you know, the, the coach just was at Wichita State, whatever, like. Yeah, Greg Marshall. You never. Oh, my gosh. That's you out. think Fred Van Fleet would have said that about him? Never. That never. helped him get to the NBA? Never. And I'm not saying, and, and, and don't, I don't want anybody to misconstrue this stuff because I don't want people to I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's fair to mistreat kids uh, or student athletes. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's just, it's just a different time. You know what I mean? To I agree. We just took that on the chin and uh, we thought it was normal, right? Yes. And and we didn't have it like you either. I want to be very clear about that. Like you probably got it harder than we did. I mean, yeah. Casey, Casey was tough, but it was very, in my opinion, it was very fair. 
It wasn't like. Oh yeah, I agree with that, Nate. Does you're that right. Make sense? You're one hundred. You're one hundred percent. It was yeah, fair. That makes perfect sense. It was the. It, it might have been. It might have been the fairest of anybody. I might have upset some people, but it was very fair. <laughs> oh yeah, it was one hundred percent fair. Never All right, I, I got. I got. Uh, I got two more questions. One is kind of a selfish question, Nate. So bear with me for a second. It, I, knowing me as you know, as the player that I was, and that I in in you know you've seen you've basically been with me since the sixth grade seeing me come up and you know in basketball whatever what do you think that like my strength as a as a coach could be um one i think that you have a high basketball iq i think i think i think you have a high basketball iq um so obviously going into the stepping into the coaching game i think that's a a big bonus for you Mm -hmm. um is that you understand how the game of basketball should be played, um, when you should do things, when you should not do things. So I think that's important. Also, I think what's important is you're a likable person. Mm. Like, I think sometimes, like, people get lost in the fact that, like, it's important to be – you don't have to be liked by everybody, but it's important to be likable, for people to like you, look at you, trust you, and want to play for you. You know what I mean? So as you start climbing through the ranks, you're going to have to ask yourself – Am I a guy that people want to play for? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, um, but I also think if I'm critiquing you, honestly, I think discipline is going to be your biggest thing. You know what I'm saying? Of uh, how disciplined you are with uh, your approach to becoming a better coach. You know what I mean? Like, are you eating, sleeping, and breathing, coaching mm-hmm. versus doing other stuff? You know, I mean, so I think discipline is going to be um, the thing that's going to take you to the next level. And once you figure that out, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah. yeah. So, but I yeah. think your, your knowledge and the, the fact that you're um, a really you're good people. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? You care. You genuinely care, which is a theme I've always I talked about all night. Is you genuinely care about these people? Basketball, no basketball, right? Gosh. It's not a transactional relationship to where. Oh, you're not you. You're not producing. So I'm going to act different towards you. You know, I'm going to love you as a person and see you through whatever. And so I think that you have that trait, and you can be successful in anything with that. You, yeah. uh, I'm glad you said sky's the limit. I don't even know if you remember this, but when I that first summer I met you at Penny's camp, you know, you did the uh, you did the uh, evaluations, and uh, you wrote you know you wrote a couple things down about me, and then the last thing you said you said was sky sky's the limit. Um, you know, that was back in 2007. Yeah, I knew. Like, you was different. You know, you always had a little, um, you always had a little, little habanero in you. So, you know, <laughs> always had a little spicy. You know? Oh, that's funny. That's He's funny. Like, you know? Nate, do you want to answer that question? <laughs> I, I would. I would. So, I have two things that I wrote down. And the first one is you have a level of care that honestly is close to unmatched. It's, thank you. And it's, and it's something that I don't think you, I don't even know if you realize it and I'm going to, I'm going to get a little deep real quick. So viewers hang in there with me. Um, You care for people on a different level. And at at times I'm going to get into Mario's spot. I wish you'd care sometimes as much as you care for me about yourself because you are a very special individual, very special. And when I, when I'm, and I'm, I'm not trying to get like sobby or anything like that, but when it comes to coaching, you, you have that ability to give that to your players because you did that mm-hmm. as a player and mm-hmm. you did that as a player 
I'm sure you did that as a player at BA and at Brentwood and when you were playing AAU basketball, but you definitely did it as a player in the toughest of times when you were not playing as much at, mm-hmm. at Lipscomb and you were showing people how much you cared about them. And that, and that it was getting outside yourself. It was on the basketball court and it was off the basketball court. You were caring about others. So mm-hmm. I think that is one of your biggest strengths. I really do. I think your ability to care for other people is by far and beyond your biggest strength. And my other thing is, you're authentic. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very rare. I think so everyone has a niche that they can get into and you are a white coach, right? And I'm going to be very blunt about what I'm about to say. Coaching basically a black man's game. Yeah. I mean, more black kids are playing the game of basketball than white kids at the high level, the highest level. Am I wrong in that? You're right. So when when we're talking about being authentic, you have that ability to reach these kids as a white male. Now, I'm not saying you grew up in the same atmosphere as them. That, that's, gonna, that's not possible for you or me to comprehend. Yeah. But he grew, he grew up with me and Penny, so he was he grew up with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, he grew up. That's listening. why I love it so much, man. Because yeah, I yeah. grew up in Brentwood, but I was so fortunate to be around guys like you, Penny, Jamal, the you know guys from, metaphorically speaking, the other side of the tracks, right? And like, I, and I got to see a side of Nashville, a side of basketball that I otherwise would not have have been able to see. And I, I think absolutely, that's why I'm and that's I'm why today. I'm saying you have a level of the, of authenticity that can relate to certain guys that most white coaches cannot. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, Nathan and Mario. I, I really do. I appreciate that. Um, all right. Okay. My, thank you. Really. Really. I appreciate that. Uh, all right. So Mario, I told this to Penny, you know, there's, there's four people who kind of, you know, when you break down Asa, when you break down my heart, you know, there's, there's four people who I kind of took from and molded myself after, and you're one of those four. Um, so I wanted to let you know that too. And anyway, so, can you uh, talk to us about what happened to Vandy? So uh, I, I compartmentalized that, man. It was, um, you know, it was tough. It's still tough to this day to talk about, but um, the short of it was my senior year, um, right before SEC media day, um, I failed a drug test. They said I failed a drug test and I had cocaine in my system. So I was like, getting ready to go, get my bags packed to go to SEC Media Day. Um, and then they called and like, hey, man, uh, come to the office. I'm like, all right. So I come up there and uh, they're like, hey, you failed a drug test. You got cocaine in your system. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, I got what in my system? And I was like, say that again. I'm like, it was like, you got cocaine in your system. I'm like, I don't do drugs. I don't do drugs. Like at this time, I never even, I barely even drank beer or any kind of alcohol at the time. Like I was like super sober. So I was like, wait, what? Somebody retest me. I was like, nah, I can't retest you. You know, it's probably out of your system already. I'm like, well, show me my results. Nah, and they just kept telling me no. Um, and so that was like, it's just, I think it's best that you don't go to SEC Media Day. So they just told me to go home. So I remember walking out of, uh, Walking out of the coach's office, and I called my mom. And I was just crying. I was bawling, crying. I'm like, um, and obviously she's crying. And like we're just, I'm like sitting in the hallway, and I'm just like on the phone, bawling, crying, um, because I had already played out 
how this everything else the fallout was about to go mm-hmm. um and i just remember like my mom was like you know let's see what they say let's see what happens and i call i think coop called coop and i was crying i was still crying i just remember i just went i just went back to my room and i went to sleep um so they suspended me for three games um and then they drug tested me the whole year three times yeah three four times a week i never failed a drug three test. or four times a week I never failed a drug test i never failed a drug test yeah. so i was like uh you know i did that and he said he's suspended me then he brought me back um, and then he just wouldn't play me, you know what I'm saying? So I just think kind of like the damage was done because I wouldn't – I was fighting for myself. Like, I felt like that was wrong. I felt like I was wrong, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, because I knew he they, at, at that point they had took my career away from me. You feel what I'm saying? Like, so – I just knew, like I, I just knew, I, like I, it's like it didn't even matter what happened that senior, my senior year. I could have done anything right. Mm-hmm. I could have done everything right, and it was, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Then they me. So sometimes, I, if you ever see me blink, I blink like that. Sometimes I have like a natural tick. They try to tell you he was, he was crazy for that. So we was playing Georgia, right game before the Super Bowl, and I just remember. I think Drew Maddox was actually the. Uh, announcer at the time shout out to dramatics but he goes man i've never seen mario this disengaged and i remember watching the film and i was just over there just like blinking uncontrollably blinking 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 could not stop and uh so after the game they called me into the office and they were like what's wrong I was like, man, nothing. What do you mean? It was like you you've been blinking for the last like two weeks. You know what? What is that? And I'm like, I've always done that when I'm stressed out. I have like a tick. It's just natural. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm good. Like I'm fine. I just want to play basketball. I was like, I was like, I just want to play ball. Yeah. And they were like, ah, oh, no, no, Mike, Mike. So they had already was making a move on me. So they was already making a move. So I, I felt it, and they was like, so Coach Jackson called me to the side, and he was like. Hey man, um, you know, I said coach didn't think I should take a two week break. What you think about that? You know, so I beat him to the punch, and he was like, "Well, if you take a two week break, you're done. Yeah, it ain't no coming back from it." Mm-hmm. So the next morning we have another meeting, and they called me, and then they was like, "You know, we think it's in our best interest to for you to take a break." Mm-hmm. And I look, I kind of glanced at Coach Jackson. I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good. I won't take a break." And he goes, he looks at the trainer, Mike, what are we looking at? Two weeks? We're looking at two weeks? You need two weeks? Okay, two weeks. And he said, so we're going to get you, uh, we're going to get you scheduled with a therapist. And then we're going to get you into a psychiatrist. But it's going to take two weeks to get you to a psychiatrist across the street of Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, cool. So I, I walk out of the office. I couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go, couldn't come to practice, couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So they sent me to a psychiatrist. I went in and talked to the, uh, to the therapist. I mean, and then I finally went and seen the psychiatrist. I go see the psychiatrist. I sit in there and we talk for like two hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't blink one time. And the psychiatrist goes, I'm assuming it's the first time you ever really talked about anything. And uh, you know, I was like, yes, sir. I was like, if my, you know, if your back was against the wall, what would you do? You know, they put you in the corner, you either fight your way out or, you know, what are you going to do? And he was like, well, man, I clear you to play. I don't think nothing wrong with you. So I called coach. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, they cleared me to play. I'm ready to play. He said, I went and put you on a practice plan. I was like, what you mean they didn't put me on a practice plan? I'm on a team. Just put me on 
the, the sub team, you know. Right. Put me on the with the booms. Put me on the with the walk-ons. Now nah, come to practice tomorrow. So he's going to play LSU that Saturday. So I come back to practice Friday. He put me on scout team. We won every single game. I did not miss a shot that practice. <laughs> So, you know, come to get ready to travel. He's like, oh, man, we can't take you to LSU. Yeah. Well, you can't take me to LSU. He's like, ah, you know, I don't know Like Coach Jackson said, I was done. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, so, like, the rest of the year, like, I was on the team. But, like, it just wasn't. And that's what, truth, we truthfully speaking, that's why DeMar Carroll left. That's why I transferred. Yeah. Well, DeMar, DeMar, DeMar trained. We lost our last game, and he came in, he came in the locker room, and, you know, for any any program I've ever been in or any program I've ever been a part of, you know, they they were like they think they they think they're seniors for uh you know four good years, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They think they're seniors for four years, and I just remember he came in there, he was like talking about next year. He didn't thank me, he didn't thank me or Julian for four years of service or nothing. And Demar literally looked at me and was like, "I'm out." Yeah. I'm you so, said Damari Carroll. Mm-hmm. He looked at me. My my last game, we lost to Notre Dame. He looked at me. He was like, I'm out. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, though, you know, um, uh, it, it was it was something. It was tough to go through, you know what I'm saying? But, like, and I went through a dark time after that. But, you know, I survived, and I think it made me who I am. Like, you know what I mean? It gave me my confidence. It gave me the confidence that you see me walk around with. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It gave me all of that, like, because I went through that worse, and I, I went through it, and I had to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to figure it out because I had – I just knew that I was going to be able to play basketball. I just knew that I was going to be able to financially help my mother. I, I just knew that I was going to be this, do all these things, and it was it was taken away from me. You know what I'm saying? So the best thing and the smartest thing I did at that time, I just kept my head down and I graduated. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, fuck, I ain't gonna get kicked out of school, you know. I ain't, so I'm just gonna go and go to class and graduate. I just, I would just come to practice, shoot the ball, I would, whatever, and I just leave, you know. And I just go to class. I just, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure I graduate. You know what I'm saying? So it was a, it was a tough time, and it was, it was one of the toughest times because so much happened that year that like, it would take, it would take a lifetime to unpack, you know. Yeah. But, I, you know, it, you know. It happened. It happened. And it's uh I ain't talked about it in ten years. Yeah. People ask me about it all the time and I'm just like, my mind doesn't let me remember it. Well, I remember you saying back just, in, you know, two thousand eleven, like your mind doesn't let you literally, you know, you can't recount recall it the way, you know, you you recall it more so in, in parts as opposed to the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so when I get to talk about I'm like, oh, and then this happened and it cause so much happened and then like that's I made my I made that shot that Oregon top 10. That Oregon? Yeah. He had no choice but to play me. Red was playing so bad. Shout out to Red Gordon. And that's my guy. But he was playing so bad that game. He was yeah. playing so bad. Coach like looked down the bench. And he looked down like three or four times finally before he put me in. Damn. I played over like 15 points. And I hit that, hit that 3D in the game. Yeah. Not want to play me, man. And um, Why I just, not? He just was like, he just kind of took me out of rotation. Like, I was still the best guard on the team. He just, you know, they was just like, oh, we're going in a different direction. We plan for next year type thing. So, that's that kind of confuses me. So, was um, – because to me, as a coach, you still want to win. Obviously, you want to look forward to the future. But 
it, it, why would he want to not play you after you've done something for the program for three years and, you know, you've done so much? Why, would, why would he not want to play someone that's going to help him win? I wish I knew, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing, like, so that's one thing I had to, like, um, kind of part ways with to for me to be able to move on was, like, I never got closure of that situation, you know what I mean? So I just had to figure out a way to just kind of move on. So I just, Even still to this day, there's never really been a – no? I mean, I, uh, yeah, but no. But point being is, is, like, I was the face of that program. I was on billboards. I mean, if I could turn my cameras and magazines and hit it, I'm on magazines and Super Mario t shirts. You know what I mean? Like, and then also to add to that, like, I recruited every player that came on that campus. Mm-hmm. I was the host. Every, every recruit. Yeah. I hosted everybody that came on that campus. You know what I mean? And so, like, I feel like I gave a lot to that program for me, for it to be ending like this. You know what I mean? So, it just hurt, really. I was hurt. I was depressed. I was disappointed, you know, because I had seen everything I had always worked my whole life for just flashing right before my eyes and going away, and there was nothing I could do mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just seeing, like, yeah. the pain in my mama's face and, like, seeing, you know, it, it sucked, man. But, you know. We we come back from it, and man, uh, that's, where of, that's where some of my coaching stuff came from. Like I yeah. vowed that I would never be a coach to do something like that to a kid. Yeah, I vowed that you know what I'm saying. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna coach kids, I'm gonna I'm gonna love them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna coach out of what? You know, because I'm I'm the adult. Yeah, yeah, I'm the adult, and I, I'm you know also I just I remember all those times you know he. He sat in my living room talking to my mom, and it was like, you know, yeah. my mom was like, I need you to take care of my baby. And that was the exact. Yeah. Take care of my baby. I got him, Miss Lucille. You know, I remember all that. I'm, I'm very vivid with conversations that I have and people when people say things to me. It was just one of those times, man, it was tough. You know what I mean? So, like, it hurt me. Uh, it hurt my pockets. It hurt a lot yeah. of money. I lost a lot of money. Uh, but guess what, you know? wasn't meant for me so Mm -hmm. I had to go figure it out another way I had to get back I left with a Vanderbilt degree yeah I I think that's why I said that you know a lot of people I don't think a lot of people really understand that you you actually did get your degree from Vanderbilt and and you have a degree from Vandy graduated in three and a half years but they wouldn't let me I was done in three and a half years so you know I ain't never you know I ain't never been a fool yeah never been a fool and at the end of the day if you're a kid and you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, you know, get your, get your, you can never have enough letters beside your name, you know what I mean? Whether you want to go get your yeah. master's or your doctorate or whatever it is, mm-hmm. be a lifetime learner, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, it, never let your circumstances dictate what happens next or what you went through. Mm. So, Absolutely. You know, Man. You can have a bad season, you can have a bad game, and you can't let any of that dictate what happens next you know what i mean it's a lot of people and a lot of people gave up on me a lot of people turned it back on me a lot of people quit on me and i think you know i had uh, a lot of people that stuck beside me and supported me through that like through those times your, your dad danny d being one of them yeah love to danny d measure love to golf bowling measure love to yeah. my mom you know what i mean 
a lot of people supported me through those hard times because I think they knew me. They knew me. Yeah, yeah. They knew who Perfect. you were. They knew who I was. And they was like, wait, wait, this don't even sound right. Mario doing that? That yeah. don't even sound right. You know yeah, what I mean? That's not Mario. And so that's that helped me get back to me. Because yeah. I had lost my wife for a little bit, meaning like I just I was just unmotivated. You know what I mean? It just wasn't me. Like I was I didn't care about bad. I didn't want when I was in when I was in Europe, Truby Tall played two years. I didn't want to play. I was just over there playing because I was in shape. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to play. I was in shape and I could hoop. You know what I mean? But like I just like walked away from it. Like I just remember we were in the semifinals, one game to go to the championship, and we lost by like two. And I just remember like packing my bag, like because I was going home like two or three days later, and I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, and I could, I had, a, I had a contract to go back the next year to another team, mm-hmm. but I had lost, I had lost love for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time going back, I probably would have let them win that easily. Mm-hmm. Going back, I wouldn't have let them win that easy. But you know, I just poured it into. I took what I learned from my hurt and my pain and I poured it into other people. You know what I'm saying? I poured yeah. into other people to make, to see them be successful, whether it was basketball, whether it was school, you know, whatever it was, you know, it was, I, I went to that. So I think that was, um, yeah, man, it was, a, it was a hard, hard experience as you can tell by my demeanor, but mm-hmm. you know, it don't define me. And I, I still rep my, Still at my team. I still, you know, uh, left with a degree. I still got a master's. I still became a successful human being. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't let that determine and push me another way. So mm-hmm. that's all good over here. Good. Man, all right. That's a perfect place to end it, Mo. Uh, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Always a privilege to talk to you. Um, man, uh, yeah, I mean, you've obviously been a lot of my life, uh, learned so much from you along the way. Uh, had to, you know, you train me, you coach me. Um, so it's cool, man. Cool that we're here right now. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you in a good spot in your life right now. I'm happy for you. Um, but man, yeah, I, I thank you, man. I thank, I thank you for coming on what you meant to me. Um, it, it, it's awesome, man. So I, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm about to end it real quick and I, I want to end it. I've been waiting to end the podcast like this for a long time. I've been waiting. I've been waiting, so I almost started, and I'm gonna let you finish it, man. So uh, first of all, hang on, hang on, hang on. So they can find you on Twitter, uh, on Twitter at uh, m more six one five, right? Or is it? No, let me see. I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. You got at, at m more six one five on Twitter, and then I believe Instagram is Instagram. Instagram is mo six one five. That's correct. Underscore mo underscore mo six one five underscore. Yes. Yeah, all right. Cool. So you can find us on Twitter at mind of a coach one asa don't go looking for his still hacked um so i can't say the asa spades for twitter um at nate five underscore moran for twitter and instagram but you can look for asa on instagram at the asa spades asa what do you got for mario to end this hey you know how we gotta end it dog stay young stay black stay free whatever you heard you ain't here from me (laughs) whatever you heard you heard it from me man all right guys hey i appreciate you guys tuning in and we look forward to seeing you guys next week